Football is officially back, and we've got you covered right here on the Ringer NFL feed. I'm Shiel Kapadia, and every Tuesday and Friday, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you Extra Point Taken. Nora Princiati here to tell you that Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Monday and Thursday. Our Monday show will recap everything from Sunday's games. Thursday's show will encompass any news during the week with an eye towards the next slate of games. Subscribe to the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow the Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter at Ringer NFL. It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on all of the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explorer page in the post and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen at the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 up in President Select States. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. Welcome back to the Rostradamus Show. It's yours truly, Raheem Palmer, a.k.a. the Rostradamus. We got a special, special guest in the building. We got Doug Kazarian joining from OnlyPlayers.com. You saw him on ESPN's Daily Wager. You saw him on Sports Center. Doug Kazarian, what's going on? How you feeling today? I'm feeling great, man. It's an exciting time, obviously, with this uh, new thing in the NBA, the uh, in-season tournament. But it's a pleasure to be on. We've uh, communicated for a while now, um, in terms from afar, that is. So it's good to connect on uh, this platform, and I appreciate you inviting me on. No doubt. Before we get into the in- NBA in-season tournament, tell us about OnlyPlayers.com and what you have going on there. I see you went the entrepreneurial route. It's really exciting stuff. So tell us about it. Yeah, it's pretty similar to other industries in the fact that you do the corporate world for a couple decades and then you try to go do your own thing and creative control, all that kind of stuff that you always want. And you kind of take mental notes along the way in terms of how you want to do things. But it's interesting how this betting space is evolving, right? We're only five and a half years into the legalization world. Many of us have been doing the betting thing for a long time. I actually did a show similar to this 15 years ago when I first worked in Las Vegas And I was doing sort of the conventional hosting slash anchoring career path, kind of like the minor leagues of baseball, but minor leagues of TV and climbing the the markets, if you will. But, you know, I did a show like this and I just sort of doing it a little differently now. And what we do is sort of, you know, there's all sorts of platforms, right, Raheem? There's, There's the long form, short form. We're just trying to do it in a really quick way where we don't think the consumer has a ton of time to listen to uh, millions of podcasts, millions of networks. Right now, there's a lot of content that sort of substituted sports radio and sports talk during the day, debate shows, 
Whereas the entry point is betting as opposed to who's the GOAT, LeBron or MJ. And it's more just entry point, but it's still sports talk radio. Whereas I wanted to do content that literally was 100% serving the sports better, talking about market moves, talking about, but not being too sophisticated, more so geared for the novice. So we're trying to do everything in like quick previews, 45 second stuff. So basically taking what someone would do throughout the entire day and give it to them in a bite sized format and do all the heavy lifting. So people can basically outsource all the aggregation and all, all the aggregating of information because that's really what betters do that are advanced is we aggregate. So behind the counter, as you know, odds makers aggregate, right? So they, they have flagged accounts of respected betters. And if so-and-so bets this, so-and-so bet that, and they put it all together like a giant Venn diagram. Well, why can't we do that on this side of the counter? I've been in this space over 20 years. I talk to pro betters. I talk to odds makers. I talk to other people. So why can't I do something similar? Now, I don't have the technology that a guy behind the counter does with everyone betting on all the accounts, but I have a cell phone. So basically, our, our vision was to take everything in my cell phone and my activity throughout the day and put it on a TV show or on a multiple platforms. That's really exciting stuff. Um, you know, I hope you guys go out there and, and check that out because um, when I saw the initial article in the New York Post, I was really excited to see and you got some great content over there. So let's get into the NBA in-season tournament games. We are recording this Monday at 3. By the time you guys will hear this, the, the, the first games between the Boston Celtics and Indiana Pacers, New Orleans Pelicans and Sacramento Kings will already be over. But, we got the New York Knicks taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. Side is Milwaukee Bucks laying five over under 225. What's your thoughts on this game? So I think it, the only way you can play this is the Knicks. I, I think this is a lot of a lot of it is a toss-up game, and there's such a giant unknown that you alluded to with how these games will play out. Initially, odds makers were treating this like a playoff game. For example, the Pacers Celtics over under opened like 237, 237 and a half. And, and then it got bet up immediately, you know, over time and then steamed up on Monday to the mid 240s. And I just don't think it's going to have a playoff format. So I think it's going to be up and down, but I don't think that really hurts the Knicks. Obviously, they're more of a defensive minded team than an offensive minded team, but this Bucks team is not good. And I talked to one odds maker who said, you know, how are you approaching this game, so to speak? And he said, the Bucks stink. And I don't know if it's a coaching uh, <laughs> edge that Thibodeau has, but if you're giving me five points and the most common margin of victory in the NBA is five. That's a key number. Now, not quite to the same level as three in the NFL, but five is very valuable. And certain sports books throughout the world do charge extra juice to buy a half point off of five and onto five. Not all of them do. Not all of them have figured that out, but most or some do. So I just think it's important if you can get five and a team that you think I think can win outright and has the coaching edge and has kind of figured stuff out, um, I think that's the only side you can play in this game. So I, I'm glad you mentioned how odds makers are treating these 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 tournament games like a like a, a postseason game because it's just like it's so crazy because we saw every single one of these totals being better. Like, and I actually saw at FanDuel Sportsbook, Pacers Celtics was at 235, and <laughs> by the time we were recording this, this is at 244. You look at Pelicans Kings, that was at 231. Right now, it's at 237. You look at Knicks Bucks, that was at 222. Now that's at 226. And then Suns Lakers is was at 223, and that's up to 227. So it's so interesting. And the market is just not buying it. The market is saying, look, these are not postseason games. We're still going to see regular rotations. 
I agree with you on the Knicks. And my model actually makes this game like Bucks minus three. So at five, there's a ton of value. And you actually saw this number get bet down to minus four and a half. I think the biggest issue here is that the Bucks don't defend. Like if you go to cleaningglass.com, Bucks are 21st in defensive rating, allowing 116 points per under possessions. And they're going to get beat up on the glass. If you look at that first game between these two teams, the Knicks had a 30% offensive rebound rate. So this Bucks team that we're seeing under Adrian Griffin, they're not the same team that we saw with Mike Bootwater. And I love Damian Lillard, but they're clearly not defending the same way. So I agree with you on the Knicks, and I think you gotta you got to play something on the money line. No, yeah, I can't fault you for that at all. And, you know, you wonder, it's like, well, what if Dame and, and Giannis go off? Well, remember Giannis, against, one game was against the Pacers, another game where he went for 50. Now, that was without Dame. But even when he's going up, it doesn't necessarily translate to a win. And I, I just think there's more ways to win. Sort of, you know, you talk about in the fight game, paths to victory, whether it be boxing mm-hmm. or UFC. I think there's more paths to victory with this. And to your point, even on the money line, that there's more paths to victory. So I think the Bucks are pretty limited and specifically defensively being in the bottom third of efficiency. And at some point, Thibodeau is going to do something, right? If these games matter, he's going to be doing something. We can just see him going crazy on the sidelines, screaming uh, about defensive sets and all that good stuff. So I, I just, I, I, I feel so much more comfortable going to, going to battle with Tibbs and plus five here. Yeah, and, and you know, when I looked at that first game as well, like Julius Randle was on his slump, you know, 5 for 20 from the field, 1 for 9 from 3. And the Knicks didn't really perform optimally offensively. I think they were 38 of 96 from the floor, 10 for 39 from deep. And it, it, it just seems like the Knicks are playing better offensively at this point. What's your thoughts on the total? And like, has this total gone way too far? You, you know, I, I think a lot of people say this, but like, I think it really applies here. I think live wagering is sort of like the the way to approach these games because it's such it's such a unique situation, right? We don't know how these teams are going to respond. Now, I'm of the belief it's not going to have this defensive mindset like a playoff game, but even playoff games, they really don't get into the rock fights and the unders until later in the series, right? You play the same opponent consecutive games where defensively you start getting the feel for their offensive set and you start... You know, the Warriors, those games always died over the years in those playoff games, playoff series from four, game four on. I think this is going to be a free-flowing, we got a back-and-forth game. So I'm not running to bet any unders in the NBA right now, and I do agree with the market move of the over. But to your point of the Knicks being a defensive-minded team, and let's face it, like they can definitely have some scoring lulls. And over the last 10 games, they've been their defense has sort of come, kind of, you know, come to fruition. So I'm not in a rush to bet the under, but I also think the Knicks are better offensively than the casual fan might understand. And they're more than willing to kind of get up and down and they hit open shots. Um, When they play bad defensive team, they'll score. I think the thing that concerns me is that when you look at the Knicks, go to DuncanThrees.com, they're dead last in pace and they're dead last in offensive length of possession. But the Bucs are like the total opposite end of the spectrum. The Bucs are fifth in pace and ninth in offensive length of possession. So it's like which team can impose their will upon the other team. And when you look at that November 3rd matchup, there was only 97 possessions. So if I'm looking at this and I don't have anything on this now, I did play the Knicks, I did play the Knicks money line, I'm probably trying to wait and see how high this total gets. And then I'm looking to play the under, but that's how I would approach it. Yeah, I can't fault you. And I think you raised, that's the most interesting thing 
um, is what you said about the, the previous meeting with the paces. And I think that's what matters most because styles make fights in these NBA games. Like we talk about it with the Pacers, right? When they played the Hawks, it went, you know, they went over 300 points. Like I'd much rather go over in a Pacers game 250 with mm-hmm. the Hawks than I would like 238 with like Portland or someone like that, right? Like I'd rather uh, when both teams get into it, especially this early in the season when typically they, they kind of hit a wall at this juncture, but the fact that they've had a couple days off, I think that's going to be fresher legs. And I would be more inclined to lean to the over if the Knicks, to your point, can impose their sort of style on things. But there's no guarantee of that in terms of the Bucks, probably the Bucks pushing the pace. But that is interesting that the first meeting, like what, what the volume of possessions was. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. So let's get into the next game. The Phoenix Suns, Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers are laying one and a half. It's, a, it's up to two in some spots. We're looking at a total of 227. What's your thoughts on this one? So it's super interesting because the Lakers have won both meetings, but the Suns held double-digit uh, leads in both of them in the fourth quarter, I believe. But Booker's going to play in this game. He did not. And I think I think we're going to get Eric Gordon as well. And what that means is like, wow, does Eric Gordon, he doesn't move the number, but he might influence betters who do move the market. And I just think surrounding KD and Booker, who is such, who's been so great when he's played, is so important to have shooters around. And they're a little thin in terms of offensive supporting cast. I like their defensive supporting cast and some of those key players. Um, but I'm on Phoenix here. I, I just think the Lakers offensively are so bottom, like five in terms of three-pointers. And I, and I think that's ultimately what's going to decide this. I mean, the Lakers have gone sort of that big lineup. And I know uh, Delos talking how he's much more acclimated to the offense and things along those lines. I'm just not buying it. I, I think the Lakers have too many scoring lulls. And we saw that with the Rockets game on Saturday, frankly. But I, 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 I like the Suns to get the outright win here. I'm leaning towards that direction as well, but I've I've kind of struggled with this game. I mean, to your point, the Suns with Devin Booker and Durant in the lineup, they have a 128 offensive rating and a plus 10.4 net rating. So they light it up with those two guys on the floor together, and the Lakers don't have the firepower to match. Where my concern is is that the Lakers are just so big inside and. I don't know if the Suns are going to be able to slow that down at all. And, you know, I've always had this beef with the Suns. The Suns can shoot threes. Like, they've always shot them at a higher percentage. You look at cleaning the glass, they're 38% from the field, from behind the arc. But they're only 17th in three-point shooting frequency. So this has never been a team that's 
taking a large amount of threes. They're mid-range monsters. And I always wish that they just took more threes. So that's a concern for me because if you're not shooting that many threes, it allows a team like the Lakers to, to stay in it because they're not necessarily trading two for three. They're trading two for two. They're trading twos at the basket versus twos in the mid-range. But I do, I do tend to agree with you on the Suns. I like this over at one point when it was 225. I, my model actually has this at 228, so it's just like it's right there on the dot. But I'm not. I'm probably not going to touch the side or the total. So I was going to ask you, why do you like the over? If you have, if you, and I agree with you, the mid range monsters kind of concept, and that the Lakers are limited with three point shooting as well. Like, why do you think it's going to be such a high scoring game? Well, my, my model has it two twenty eight, but then okay. you know when I looked at you know the last matchup between these two teams, one twenty two, one nineteen, and Devin Booker didn't even play, and right, you had a. You had to pay like both of these games were, you know, a hundred possessions. So the the games are kind of fast paced, actually. So, and that's that's actually surprising because the Lakers are actually playing faster. They're top 10 in pace, while the Suns are they're playing slower. So I just I don't necessarily trust the Suns defense. And I think that's that's the reason why I think it would go over. And then I also think the Lakers could find themselves at the line a lot. So that's why I would lean over, but it's just, it's gotten to a number to where there's no value. No, it's true. And I think, I mean, at least I'll say it for myself. I have much more conviction in the Knicks side than I do like taking the Suns plus the one and a half. I, I just think Booker has been so clean with his facilitating and frankly, Nurkic has as well. Uh, I mean, he had triple double not too long ago from with assists. So, there's a lot to like with this Phoenix team, but to your point, like they have to make the threes they shoot because the Lakers can get such easy buckets with the length. And I also think the Lakers have gone to their size or seemingly leaned onto their bigs uh, with more playing time and more in the rotation that they want that length and that size. And that's become more of a focal point. So we look at, obviously, we're recording this on Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Out of the four teams that are playing Tuesday night, are there any futures that you like in terms of the in-season tournament? Are, are there MV, anything that you played already? Um, is there um, in-season tournament MVP? Is there anything that you you know you would approach? Uh, in terms of this, like no, I, I, I mean the Celtics are the favorite, and but I like, I'm not even convinced they're going to beat win tonight with with uh, this, with the Pacers. So, mm. um, and and I do have a Suns thirty to one on the in-season tournament, but I'm I went, I'm not betting any of these um, like. There's not value on it, right? Like we're always looking at value. Is it fun to cash a double-digit ticket like the Pacers at thirteen to one? Of course there is, but I, I, I'd rather just like bet them individually, especially when you have a single elimination tournament, right? You, you, you can have that rollover parlay sort of concept in your head, but I am not like sort of uh, eyeing any of these things. Like the Pacers, maybe just because their style and their pose, their will. I mean, what they did to Miami on Saturday. Of course, I was on the wrong side, but to do that without Halliburton. One game, I mean, it's total March Madness vibe. Anything can happen. Yeah, and with the way these teams are shooting threes, it just it just seems like there's a higher level of variance in the NBA that we've ever seen at any point. <laughs> so it is it is really tough with a single elimination tournament. I think a lot of people tend to like the Lakers to win it all just because, you know, LeBron wants to add that to his resume. And I think one of the things that people are handicapped, like I see people handicapping this tournament saying that if the Lakers win this game, the Vegas games are going to be a home game for them mm. <laughs> because so many people are going to travel from LA to 
Vegas to see those games. It's kind of like the summer league. Right. I, I can see that. And just having like the days off too. I mean, that's going to help a, a guy like LeBron, right? Even though he is a physical cyborg, just having that extra day uh, makes him human. I, but I do think the more I think about it, like the Pacers at 13 to one, although they played a night after this, you know, you know, we'll, we'll post after they play. But I mean, again, single elimination, it's kind of a wild card. I don't, I wouldn't lay the chalk at all, but um like I wouldn't bet the Bucks at all in this. I just don't know, think they can put it together for three straight games against competition. That's pretty pretty fierce. Um, but I'm also not in a rush to bet the see, like I would bet the Pacers at 13 to 1 more than I would bet the Knicks at 14 to 1. Mm-hmm. I actually grabbed the Knicks at what 17 to 1 last week just okay. because I felt like they had a real shot at beating the Bucks. I wouldn't grab it. It's now 11 to 1 at FanDuel. I wouldn't grab it now, but I just felt like they could beat the Bucks and then they could match up well against the Celtics. But at this price, I wouldn't grab it. It was just kind of just a, you know, shot in the dark number grab, right. knowing that, knowing where the number was going. No, it's true. And, and I, I, I wonder if we're going to see some late money on this. You know, the, 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 the guys who move the market, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the pro money, they don't like to jam up their money for multiple days. So I wonder if we're going to see a late, steam on on the on the Knicks on Tuesday right in the morning just like we saw with the Celtics number getting steamed up today and the over definitely has steamed three points three and a half points already today so I wonder if we're going to get some some market moves on New York it's not going to be public money but I I can't imagine like sharp money is going to come in on Milwaukee yeah I don't see that at all so I'm gonna throw a curveball at you is there any NFL that you're looking at early week so uh, in terms of early week, like sides, no, I, I, I haven't. Um, I mean, I like the Cowboys, but they were smart to open that three as opposed to last week where they opened the Niners and the Eagles one and a half. I mean, I just think, you know, there's people hit their, hit their wall or teams hit their wall. And we saw that. I, I do kind of like the under Thursday night. I know it's getting sort of national mm-hmm. news just given how low it is. But I, you know, I saw it open at 32 ish now 30 and a half. I do not see a whole lot of offense there. But so much of the NFL is about situational handicapping, right? It, and you and others who influence the market are all about the metrics and the analytics. And and so if everything is sort of one way, then there's opportunity elsewhere. So just people listening, early 2000s, kind of like when we had that poker boom on TV, the online guys, we saw something mm-hmm. similar in the sports betting world where the eye test people influenced the market for the most part, right? I mean, yes, the Billy Walters computer group and all that, but for the most part, it was the old school handicappers who would influence the market. And the math guys who did projections and modeled had such a um, advantage because they were betting into something where no one else was touching it. Well, now, since then, it's all the math guys shaping the market. So the market is shaped by the numbers guys. For example, the Niners game was nowhere, was never going to go higher than three because the math guys would have just gobbled up plus three and a half on, on, sun, on Sunday. So with the math guys influencing the market, that's great for someone like myself who's all about situational handicapping it's like where's the the situational handicap and it's really tough to kind of anticipate this early in the week so yeah it is a curveball but um you have to sort of just kind of process uh the ebb and flow because teams it's this in college football teams don't run the table that's why i felt there was a regression coming with denver i i took the bait i took the plus three but i was nowhere near surprised that they did not cover and uh you know houston did on sunday so there's a lot of that going on but ha- seeing this Eagles line up to three and a half is surprising, but it makes sense just given the Eagles kind of are kind of running on empty right now. 
Yeah, when I like I like the Cowboys in that game, but it's just they opened it at the like the the best possible number. And now right. I'm thinking, you know, maybe this line can get up so high. I might have to take the Eagles, but I'm probably going to end up staying away. Now, I want to ask you about the like I don't bet much college football, but I've been getting into it this year. You have any thoughts on these upcoming games? How do you feel about FSU being left out? So, I I look at, I mean, I've kind of like lost my fandom. I'm in my mid forties now and you know, it is what it is. I, I'm just, I just said Saturday night, I was like, guys, like Alabama's in Florida state's not. And I was betting, I mean, I was betting, I mean, there was great props at Fanduel. everyone on teams. Are they going to make the playoff or not? And I just, people were so uh, oblivious to sort of how the system works. And I, I hosted college game day radio for four years. So I kind of am immersed in college football and know how the committee works and all the bylaws. So I expected FSU to be left out. As unfortunate and disappointing of a situation as it was, college football by nature is in a, is inefficient, right? There's no home and home like college hoops. I mean, I just, I said like if if it's just unfortunate that Ohio State was on the road for the big for the game this year, right? What if they got to host Michigan this year? What if it was one of those the other years and they maybe be in the playoffs? So it's just inefficient in general. And you know, we had a BCS before this, and fortunately next year we'll get the playoffs. So. It is what it is with with FSU. I don't try to think about it. I do think there's a little value on on Bama here. Not that I think they're the best team necessarily. I was just I thought Michigan's offensive line got exposed by Iowa in the Big Ten title game. Now I laid the points at the Wolverines and got there luckily because of turnovers and special teams. But I just think what, I have a five TV setup and I've watched so much Big Ten this year, mm-hmm. and it's such a down year, especially in the middle of the pack of the Big Ten. But at the top. I just think the speed and strength is just not there from Michigan like I have seen in recent years. So I think Alabama, and you also have to project Saban's coaching uh, several weeks from now. Like all those guys are going to be so much better. And we saw that last year with Bryce Young and and the Tide as they dominated their bowl game. Um, I I think Alabama's winning this game pretty comfortably. I I think they're going to win like, you know, 24-10 kind of game. I think it's going to go under. But I think Alabama is going to dominate the trenches. I was pretty disappointed with the Wolverines. I think I love their quarterback. So they have a legit quarterback. And that's what the mm-hmm. difference was between between them and Ohio State in their rivalry game. But I think Alabama is going to just control the trenches. And I think Michigan is going to be kind of limited offensively. As much as I like Harbaugh and the Wolverines, and I've wanted them to kind of get over the hump, I don't think mm-hmm. this is the year for them. That's good information because I, I'm I'm new to the whole college football thing. I, yeah. I never really bet it. Like I, I I would like bet moves based on the market, but I'm not like the hardcore college football fan. I would I would be watching Knicks versus Magic. Right. <laughs> <And No. laughs> while I'm college you, football was on. <laughs> I, I think I think it's the classic case of people forget that teams are allowed to improve, right? In all sports, yeah. right? Teams can get better, mm-hmm. right? Alabama is so much better today than they were earlier in the season. Now, we saw the Auburn game, and obviously they didn't look their best. But I'm confident that Saban will have these guys ready for that game. And so while the metrics and some of the you know points from middle of the season, like I agree, Alabama was very close to two losses and would not have made the playoff. But they're here, and based on the, based on the odds, this is like the most wide open the college football playoff has been in its 10-year history. Like typically – there's at least one team that has no shot. Um, usually double digits to kind of make the playoff. I, we I, saw TCU last last year. Right. <laughs> like so, just, but it, so 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 right now, Washington is the long shot at like seven and a half to one, right? Only once in the ten in the previous nine years has the long shot entering the semifinals been been shorter than plus seven fifty. 
So typically it's like, hey, thanks for showing up. Like Michigan State was shut out one year. Uh, Notre Dame blown out one year. Washington only got seven points, I think, on the opening drive one year, and then they didn't score again. There's been teams that had no shot of winning two games, like TCU, to your point, a year ago. But all four could win it. So, like, I actually think there's value in Washington. Like, I just think their power ratings are off. I mean, they were nine and a half, ten point dogs against Oregon and essentially controlled that game wire to wire, although they were trailing in the third quarter last Friday. So I maybe think the just the, the power ratings and the and the and the numbers and the market is wrong on Washington. So I think plus 750 is a good play uh, for the Huskies in terms of the futures. I, I just think we don't really know how good Penix and this team is. They've, they've risen to every challenge. Have they eked out some wins? So, yes, but so be it. They're here. They're undefeated. They have great wide receivers. They have a good quarterback and a good enough defense, and they're really well coached. So I think from a future standpoint, I, I bet Washington. And then from a game standpoint, I think Alabama is going to kind of control that game. And, and I think Milrow will be a difference maker for sure, because I don't think Michigan was accustomed to playing a guy like that. I mean, they had the like worst non-conference schedule and then the big 10 was terrible. And then they did have nice wins against Ohio state and Penn state, but I don't think the conference was that good this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty big on Alabama in this game. I think I'm going to tell you there. I I definitely think I'm going to tell you there. So um, I want to thank you for doing this because it's it's truly been an honor. Make sure you check out Doug at Only Players. Make sure you check out Wager Watch every single day. Doing great work over there. Is there anything you want to tell the people before we get out of here? No, and I'm glad you brought that up. So, yeah, we're kind of doing it a a bunch of different ways. But We have a YouTube channel, Wager Watch uh, TV is the handle. So that's a weekday show. um, You know, and then we're looking for, you know, we're going to hopefully have a linear partner pretty soon with that. But also driven with the the, the website concept, as you know, you mentioned with OnlyPlayers.com. So a lot of cool ways to do this. It's new territory for me. I'm so old school with all my cable boxes in my house and things like that. But it's a lot of fun having this um, content out there in in the uh, in the digital world and kind of see where where we head from here. That's great. That's great to hear. I I love to see you doing your thing. You've inspired a a generation of people doing media. I was was betting. I was watching you on ESPN. So it's great to see you doing your thing. This has been the Rostradamus Show. Make sure you check out East Coast Bias FanDuel TV on Thursday. Make sure you check out Warren Sharp, Joe House on Friday. Make sure you check out the Ring of Wise guys every Sunday, FanDuel TV, Raheem Palmer, a.k.a. Rostradamus, Doug Kazarian. Y'all know how it's going down. We are out. Must be 21 and up in President Select States. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambler problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 if you're in Arizona. If you're in Connecticut, call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or 
call 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW York or text HOPE NEW YORK in New York. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Au contraire, you're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. 